0: I never thought I'd be someone who would get so much um, value from being in an online support group. I kind of think I'm the wrong generation. It's not going to work for me. But I made a conscious decision to um, post twice a day and comment in the early days, to comment on other people's posts. And you read stuff from people, you think this woman has seen into my soul, this person absolutely understands what I've gone through. And that's been... Huge revelation to me.
1: Welcome to the tribe. This is your weekly podcast from Tribe Sober. Whether you're already sober, striving to be sober, or just plain sober curious, you need a tribe. You need a tribe because it's so hard to do this alone. You need a tribe because you need support. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've got your back. Here at Tribe Sober, we have people at all stages of the journey. All helping each other to stay on track. On this podcast, we've got recovery stories to inspire you, experts to inform you, and plenty of advice on how to ditch the drink and change your life. So here's your host, Tribe Leader, Janet Gorand.
2: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tribe Sober Podcast, episode 143. My name is Janet Goron, I'm the founder of Tribe Sober and I'm your host for this podcast. Here at Tribe Sober we help people to change their relationship with alcohol and then to go on and actually thrive in their alcohol-free lives. And over the last seven years we've helped hundreds of people to do just that. This episode is released on New Year's Eve, so let me start off by saying a very happy New Year to you. Traditionally, today is the day when we look ahead and reflect on what exactly we want from the coming year. Why not get off to a flying start by doing a dry January? Your head will clear and you'll regain your energy and reduce your anxiety. And remember that taking a break from alcohol is the best way to check that you're not becoming dependent. If an alcohol-free month is easy for you, then that's great. But if it's not, then you may need to make some changes. And of course, we can help you with that. Our Dry January Challenge will provide you with 30 days of community and online support to get you through an alcohol-free January. Just go to tribesober.com and hit the fundraiser pick on the homepage. Make a small donation to a good cause And we'll come right back to you to request your start date. You can start any day during January. Now, apart from the Dry January Challenge, we've also got more support coming your way with our January Boot Camp. Five days of fun, learning and connection with the Tribe Sober team from the 9th to the 13th of January. Daily tasks and trainings to keep you on track. We'll be covering subjects like the moderation trap, finding your why, and changing your mindset. All the action takes place in our Sobriety Bootcamp Facebook group, and it's all absolutely free. There's more info on our website, tribesober.com, or just go to Facebook and search Sobriety Bootcamp group and request to join. I'll see you in the group. So to get you inspired and give you a flavour of the benefits and insights that a Dry January can bring, we've asked some tribe members to talk about the benefits of taking a break from booze. So have a listen to tribe members Claire, Helena and Pam talking about the advantages of taking a break. Let's start with Claire. I began by asking her how she heard about Tribe Sober in the first place.
0: Um, I was in the car and I rarely listened to 702, but I had 702 on and you popped on and it just resonated with me. And, um, yeah, I quickly took a pen and paper and wrote it down and then looked up the name of the website when I got home and actually signed up there. And then I thought, okay, this is, it was about three days before the sober spring started. So it seemed, yeah, time. It was a sign.
2: it was absolutely,
0: <laughs> absolutely,
2: yeah. <laughs> so what was that saying that resonated with you? Um, I
0: think, if I think about it, just the fact that it came at the right time for me, um, that I was looking for something, because this had been playing over in my mind for quite a long time. I think the fact that it wasn't AA and it wasn't AA-like, and it didn't sound in any way threatening. It sounded very friendly
2: Yes. I mean, a lot of our members, uh, including me, have tried AA, but we, we wanted something lighter. You know, we didn't want to be put into a box where we had to do steps. And I still refuse to label myself as an alcoholic. I was just someone <laughs> that drank an awful lot and now I don't. <laughs> well, when I, I,
0: I'm almost desperate to wear the label and have been for a while, but it's my family and people around me who will say, you are so hard on yourself you have no idea, you cannot call yourself that. So I now just say I'm someone who can't moderate. And yes. they seem to be happy with that.
2: Interesting, isn't it? How we have, mm. we have to adjust to other people's uh, <laughs> beliefs in a way. Can I ask you how much you did used to drink?
0: As in so many of
2: the people I've listened
0: to on the amazing podcasts and um, books and things that I've read through the connection with your group. Yeah, probably a bottle of wine would be my yeah. yeah it's a nice unit. it's got a beginning and an end and if I went over the bottle a night, I'd feel that was that was pushing it a bit but at least three glasses of wine a night
2: yeah, yeah it's, every it's night. so. Easy, isn't it, Claire, just for it to slip into that kind of quantity? I mean, I don't know if you're like me, but I started drinking socially in my twenties and thirties, you know, a few glasses here and there when I went out. I went over the top occasionally, but not not all the time. But then in my 40s and 50s, I just found myself with this bottle of wine every single night. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's amazing how it sneaks up on you. And and for me, the social side didn't become important. So I was quite happy sitting on my own, drinking my bottle of wine Oh, I the could, end. Yeah,
0: I could do that quite happily. But I yeah. have realised as well through all of this that actually I um, I drink a lot of fluid. I'm actually a big fluid yes. drinker. Yeah. So, you know, a bottle of wine, well, of course. I mean, yes. it was slipping down all too easily.
2: Yeah, it's very interesting you say that. I was like that too. And so many people have said to me, I'm just always thirsty and I drink fast. And a lot of people have said, Mm. I'm drinking alcohol-free wine now, but I still want my bottle every night because I'm thirsty. (laughs) So uh, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because some people just sip at their drink, don't they? (laughs) No, I've I've never done that. No, no. Quite impressed with people that do, mind you. So had you tried to take a break before you did Sober Spring?
0: Yeah, I have. Um, I had read a book about, it was entitled How to Quit Without Feeling Shit. Um,
1: oh, yeah. I can't remember I who the author was,
0: but...
2: Um, I know who it was. Like, so let's give him a shout out because it was Patrick Holford. That's right, Patrick Holford. Absolutely, because I've used
0: his books as well in my practice
2: etc. et cetera. But
0: yeah, so that, but that was just a grind. Um, and then I have given up for a month at a time, probably about three or four times, um and, and that sort of just self self-initiated and self-motivated and managed a month, but never considered going longer than the month. But yet when I was in that month, I realized that I felt I was in a very safe space, but I didn't have the reason to go on for longer. And already your sixty-six days gave me that manageable but longer target. Because I knew I could do 30 days. And 66
2: just seemed attainable. Yeah, yeah. It's so interesting, isn't it? Because I, when I was in my heavy drinking phase, I, I used to do... Uh, always dry January. And for me, in my head, I was proving that I didn't have a problem because I could go for a month without alcohol. But I was counting the days, you know, and come February the 1st, I was so happy and then started (laughs) drinking twice as much. But the advantage of doing 66 days is not only do you create a a new neural pathway, but uh, I think you start to get more benefits because a month isn't really long enough. But if no, you can just not. keep going and keep going, then you get some benefits. And then you start thinking, well, I, I quite like being sober. I feel, mm-hmm. I feel good. You know, I've got more energy. I, I don't have hangover." For me, I,
0: I felt like it was giving my body and really my brain a, a time to really, really heal. And yeah. I didn't feel that 30 days. I knew I'd felt this sense of sort of safety before. But I hadn't really felt that healing had taken place. And actually, now I, I do. I feel, yeah, I, I feel like my body has kind of caught up with itself. And, I mean, I'm somebody who exercises, always have done, regardless of whether I've had a bottle of wine or not, you know, five times a week. And I'm not, I'm not an unwell person, but I still feel like physical and definitely mental healing has gone on.
2: It's ironic, isn't it? Just like you, you know, I would exercise every day, I would do my yoga, I would eat organic, drink my green juices and then have a bottle of wine mm-hmm. every night. It's it For me, it was like the last piece in the puzzle, you know, I knew really it should go. But I thought, no, you know, I've got to have something. Well, and it's, I, it's, I, it's scary. The
0: thought of giving it up is scary. I think it was yeah. for me.
2: Yeah, me too. So, how many days are you at now? Are you still counting days? I yeah
0: yeah I don't know when that stops. Um, I did two days before the service challenge started, so I sort of was quite self righteous about my extra two days, <laughs> and then it's whatever that is on top of it. But I'm one of those people that wants to be in the hundred day group, but I yes, I don't good. know if the WhatsApp group has got up and running. I haven't heard of it, but for myself now, I've said. Definitely a hundred days, and and I know that my longer term goal is six months because you've all yeah. talked about six months as being this, um, and I know it's not a given for everybody that when you get to six months, you wouldn't want to go back. No, no. And having because put it, in all of this time, exactly. why would
2: I give it up now before six months? Yeah, and doing it in steps is so sensible. We've we always have quite a few people that do sober spring, and they just do it for a break. And then they start to feel pretty good towards the end and they think, oh, I've done all this work. You know, it seems mad to yeah. go back to drinking, but they're still scared of the F word, you know, the forever word. So they think, OK, I'll do 100 days and then, you know, I'll try for six months and then I'll try for a year. And we, we know a lot of people that have done that. And it's such a nice way to, to do it. Much easier than thinking, that's it, I'm never going to drink again. Just yeah, do it especially when you have
0: those days where you do that time and you do have the itch,
2: the, the thought that, well, that's it forever. And, in
0: fact, I think it was Lucy on one of her postings had said, you know, it's not about not drinking. It's about every day you make the decision. So it isn't that I'm proclaiming for the rest of my life I'm not going to drink because I'm not. But I know that today I'm not going to drink. And, well, I know yeah. up into 100 days I'm not yeah and that's sort of giving it giving you the the control the power back and how difficult was it for you you know what surprisingly easy that's the big comment that my family and my friends have made as well it's actually and I maybe I'm a little bit of one of those people and I think people who drink might be a bit like this I might take a long time to make my mind up about something but once I commit to something I tend to as long as it's a a manageable target I do commit 100% I, I, I've had I haven't I haven't slipped up once I think one I was yeah. very ready to do it and I've enjoyed the I keep going back to this sort of sense of safety but I feel like I'm sort of in this safety blanket at the moment I don't have to make a daily decision about it no. because the decision no. was made at the beginning of the challenge that's it I only have to make the decision once
2: Yeah, that's very interesting because we, I mean, people on the challenges, obviously, and we also get people coming to our workshops and they say somehow that workshop, you know, there was obviously nothing magical about it, but just hearing, you know, a bit more about what alcohol does to us, picking up a few tips, meeting other people there. Somehow it it just enabled me to draw a line in the sand and go on and do something different. And as you say, once you've made up your mind to give it a try, then it, it's not that difficult, is it? When we, wait, when we don't decide, that's when it's difficult because we wake up, well, I used to wake up feeling, you know, rubbish in the morning sometimes and think, oh, that's it, I've got to stop drinking. But oh, I stopped five, about five million times. <laughs> by 5 p.m., you're feeling quite perky again. Well, you know, <laughs> you it's going to make you feel much better. It's very difficult to get off that treadmill and that's why I love the challenges and the workshop because it just gives you something tangible rather than this vague feeling in your head that oh I really should make a change. And also
0: because there are quite a few challenges sort of going around for different things that it's um, also easy to say to people oh, I'm doing a yeah. 66 day challenge and you could be doing a yoga challenge or you could be doing a yeah. vegan challenge it's all sort of ties in with that.
2: Yeah I mean you can say it's a health kick you mentioned your family and friends a few times that obviously uh, disagreed that you were an alcoholic. So did you tell them you were trying a challenge? What, what kind of thing? Yeah, no, heard? I told them, absolutely. And I mean, they um,
0: remember me doing the one month's off before. No, and they've been incredibly supportive.
2: Yeah. That's nice. And do
0: they drink much? Or? Oh, yeah. No, no, my husband doesn't drink very much at all. Right. Um, in fact, he says he's never really got it. He thinks you know he he really can take it or leave it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Genuinely. There are people and I, like that. <laughs> there are. There are. There aren't many of them in my immediate family, but yes. And then I have two daughters. One is twenty six, and one is twenty three. Yeah, they do drink. I mean, drinking is has always been part of our sit down and have dinner and have a drink. I I feel like I've actually forfeited the right to do it now. I feel like I had that. I could have tried to moderate for so many years and I blew it. For me, I feel like I've, I've forfeited the right to do it. I've, I've blown it. I just don't seem to be able to moderate. So, yeah. And, and I am aware at their age that I, and I'm a healthcare professional as well. Um, okay. that I am very aware of setting a good example and I, I do understand the power or the, the influence of my actions as their mother will have on them in terms of yeah. health choices.
1: You're listening to a podcast from Tribe Sober.
2: Oh, you're right. It's um I think role modeling is is so essential to mm-hmm. the kids they they pick up so much, don't they? Even when they're little We've got so many examples in our tribe of young children, you know, that turn into the wine police, and yeah. <laughs> they see their mum drinking. It's well, what's that? Even if it's alcohol-free, it's, uh, it's yeah. It Mine have how been very happy understand. to try the alcohol-free drinks
0: with me as well, and uh, yeah, I me. Mean, and it's actually opened up some good dialogue as well. Yes. And I certainly yeah. am not, I don't want to be evangelical to
2: anybody. No, no. And I'm not far enough down the road to evangelize either. And have you found an alcohol free drink that you enjoy?
0: Oh, yeah, loads of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I like alcohol free beer. So that's, that's a great me one. Me too. Yeah. yeah. And the abstinence range, I, I, I like dry, bitter drinks. So actually, yeah, those, me too. Yeah, those gins work well for me. In fact, I had friends over for lunch yesterday. And I had, they all had champagne and I had the alcohol-free, the allure yes and alcohol-free like bubbles. Well. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's fine. And I think it's, for me, it's the ceremony of the first few drinks. Yeah. And then, as you've all said, nobody even
2: cares what you're drinking after that. Nobody's looking at you. And yeah, then I'm fine. Let's just uh, finish off by hearing any tips you've got for people listening to this who think oh I'd like to have a break anything that you use that really helped you?
0: I don't think anything original I think I think a lot of what has helped me has come from the information I got from Tribe Sober Um, certainly planning is massively important that if you I mean we we've been sort of two weeks into it and that second weekend, I went to the bush for four nights, walking in the bush with friends. And the, the, the alcohol, it was an open bar all day. So, I mean, they did laugh at me. It was this sort of really smart <laughs> game farm. And I arrived with my bags. And I think—and they would say, no, no, we've got drinks. And I said, no, but these are non-alcohol drinks. So I planned. So there was no... Yeah. Yeah. So I think planning is really important. I, I find the journaling really valuable. And I absolutely um, have immersed myself, less even now so, but in all the quick lit stuff, the reading, the podcasts, and obviously the neuroplasty side of it completely appealed to me. You know, I've been teaching, lecturing that for years, and I've never applied it to myself and my daily drinking. So that's, that's sort of like a, you know, revelation. Yeah. So all of that quick lit stuff was, has been great.
2: Fantastic. Yeah. Education is is everything, isn't it? Once we understand the psychology and the science, it it all makes so much sense.
0: Yeah. And and I never thought I'd be someone who would get so much um, value from being in an online support group. I kind of think I'm the wrong generation. It's not going to work for me. But I made a conscious decision to um, post twice a day and comment in the early days to comment on other people's posts and Because in my own work, I encourage students to use discussion forums and encourage them to comment. So I thought, okay, now I've got to practice what I preach.
2: And that I also found very, very valuable. Last question. I know I said that last time, (laughs) but if if someone's (laughs) listening to this and they know they're drinking too much and they know they need to make a change, what would you say to them to get started? Because that's the most difficult thing, isn't it? Just getting started.
0: Yeah, I suppose some people like to do research before they take a leap, and other people will just go in. And I think there's enough on offer through your, through Tribe Sober, if you do need to do that research, background research. But I think the biggest thing I would say is don't be afraid because it's not a, it does, it can be a forever decision, but it doesn't have to be a forever yep. decision. If you got it wrong, yep. you won't know till you give it a little trial. And I think you'd be amazed. You read stuff from people, you think, this woman has seen into my soul, this person absolutely understands what I've gone through. And that's been a huge revelation to me.
2: Thank you so much, Claire. That was really interesting. And some great tips from you there. I'll be pulling together a few of the challenges tips at the end of the episode, so don't go away. Next up is Helena from the Netherlands. Our community is getting more and more international these days. We've got members from the US, the UK, Australia, South America, Europe, and of course, here in South Africa. These people are all connecting in a deep and authentic way as we learn to ditch the booze and reclaim our lives. So I asked Sober Springer Helena why the thought of going 66 days alcohol-free particularly appealed to her.
3: I understand that that's the length of time where things actually change in your mind. So I thought let's give it a try um, and let's see if if these sixty six days actually change anything for me personally. Yes.
2: I know you've been a member of Tribe Sober for a while, so just give us a little bit of background about how your alcohol journey or lack of alcohol journey is progressing. (laughs)
3: Um, Well, actually it's progressing very, very well. Um, I I became a member uh, of Tribe Sober early January, when you just changed the name. Um, So I was one of the first um, Members in the group. It was really funny, uh, and I found you because I I visited an AA meeting before, and it, that wasn't really for me. I, I went to, to a couple of meetings a year in the Netherlands, um, but I found it as you also mentioned. Um, it's a bit. It's you always talk about the problem constantly, and you always yeah. stay an alcoholic and. In my opinion, you know, you can change your mindset and the way you feel about it. And that's more important um, than going back all the time to this kind of meeting. So I was searching for something else. Um, and then I found you and I thought this and I found your podcast. That's what it was. I found your podcast. And oh, because of this right. podcast, <laughs> um, yes, I got hooked. It was in the early beginning, I think, of your Podcast. Um, and I listened to all of them. And then I heard about, you know, you can become a member. And that's what I did. Yes. And the background, I have a long oh. story uh, <laughs> when it comes uh, to alcohol and drugs. Um, started from when I was 14, 13, 14, all the way up to, um, well, all about a year ago. Um, I had a fallback in the summer for three, three. Three months approximately, uh, where I thought one one glass of wine would be okay, but it wasn't, uh, and I was completely back on the, on a bottle a day or more or even more I think, uh, and then Lucy sent me in this because I because I was a member, I got this um, WhatsApp group when I was just. in back back into and i thought okay this is a sign so i immediately stopped (laughs) drinking on the 16th of august and uh, and i became um and i did a challenge that's why
2: great so now you must be uh what three months alcohol free something like that yeah yeah i think it's 91
3: days today so um so i managed Uh, 90 days
2: well, well done you Well, thank you. Well done, you. And just as you heard the podcast, someone else will be hearing this podcast. So there's a nice, nice synergy about that. I feel so
3: much better. Yeah, very, really a lot better. I think the thing, what changed, uh, which also in which also the 66 days helped a lot, is that the first time that I stopped as of January, I, I didn't completely. Agreed to it in my head, you know, and because of I I, I started again and I did sixty six days. Something clicked in my head, also together with the lovely group of people who all went through the same same track with me. Something clicked in my head, and I knew that it wasn't I wasn't able to to drink again. And and since since I participated in the sixty six day challenge, I know this so. For now, for me now, it's it's crystal clear that it's just yeah. I don't I don't go back to drinking anymore.
2: Yeah, I think there's there's something about that moment, isn't there? I mean, it took me a long, long time to get there. But once you accept, okay, I can never touch this stuff again. It's no good dreaming about the odd glass now <laughs> and again. It's never going to happen. So I have to stay away from it. You know, sometimes I think it helps to think as if we've got an allergy to it, you know, and and stay away from it. And I think once we accept that, we get peace, you know, because we don't have to think about it anymore. I used to spend my life planning and thinking about drinking. It was such a waste of time. And do you feel kind of confident going forward? You don't feel like you're missing out on anything?
3: No, I'm really confident going forward. Uh, I, I, I must say that I'm a bit scared. If if it's indeed the case that I fall off this cloud, this pink cloud, and but I'm because I've done it so many times before, and I've stopped many many times before for a couple of months, and I'm I'm for twenty years already. I'm I'm thinking about moderating, stopping, being an alcoholic. I just for now for me this is very now I'm very confident and very of the future um, and I'm also very happy about the 100 days um, new group you <laughs> you made so we yeah. can still all, all go and um, yeah, with a group of people that we are did the challenge with that we can go again uh, for 100 days because I think that's very important about this community and about this tribe that you need each other one way or the other so I'm confident but with that tribe yeah yeah. Yeah. Maybe I don't, I don't really participate that much. Um, but I'm always in the background looking and reading.
1: You're listening to a podcast from tribe sober. If you'd like to join our warm and welcoming community, just head on over to tribe and hit the membership tab. That's www.tribesober.com.
2: Yeah, we we have a lot of people like that and and that's absolutely fine, you know, what what it, however it helps, that that's what you need to take because pe- different people need different things, don't they, to help them. And the the thing about the 100 days is it's another step, isn't it? And I think, you know, these taking things in steps is what, you know, keeps us going and keeps us feeling good about ourselves. I don't know if you heard the Loretta Breuning, um podcast. Yeah, you said you listen to all of them. You I to all them. You hear her talking about projects. Projects. So make sure you've got some projects. Um, yes, and that's exactly. What, you know, keep you keep you focused. Do you have any tips if someone's listening to this and they, you know, they are want to stop permanently or they want to take a break? Any little kind of hacks that particularly helped you? <laughs>
3: Well, join the tribe. <laughs> join the tribe so well. Yes, thank any you for that. Tribe. Yes, or any tribe. Yes, in, any maybe part. you are only... On, find your own community. Do other things. So I went booking a lot. I... I I'm I'm doing cold dipping in the in the in the river um, uh, since Ooh. I stopped. Uh, yeah, it's very cold. Since I stopped, um, you you have to change your habit. Read a lot of quitlets. I did that. I think I ordered like 30 of them. Listen all the podcasts you can find. If you if you listen to them as often as I do, you need more than only the ones that you produce because it's you know you just need. To, to listen to podcasts read quitlets do other things and well and, and try to find another uh, drink to drink another yeah. another grown-up drink as you always says like maybe from drink nil, as you have in south africa but in the netherlands you have others you can find your alcohol-free mature drink which i really like as well
2: Okay, yeah, I love what you say about you know the podcast and and reading because I, I was like that. I love to learn stuff, you know. And I I just thought when I decided I was going to quit, I thought I need to learn as much as I can because it. I mean, it's not just about what a poison alcohol is; it's about psychology, isn't it? It's about our habits, and and I, I just read and learned, and I tried to treat it as a research project, really. And, you know, this is like the seventh year that I'm doing this and I'm still learning. So I think I'm ready for my PhD soon. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I totally agree, but it's really very interesting if you dive
2: into it deeply. Thank you, Helena. And thank you for your honesty about the fact that it has been quite a long struggle for you. It's wonderful to hear that you are making progress. That's the joy of these challenges. Even if you don't get it 100% right, then keep at it and you'll get there. We've got people in Tribe Sober who signed up for the Sober Spring Challenge last year. They could hardly string more than a few alcohol-free days together. Then they joined the tribe, they did the work, and the following year they managed 66 alcohol-free days with no trouble at all. This journey is not an easy one, but if you keep at it, you'll get there. And even if you think you've got your drinking well under control, it's still important to take regular breaks. Alcohol is so toxic that even a month off will improve your health significantly. And you also need to be aware that alcohol is insidious. It kind of creeps up on you. 20% of social drinkers will become dependent over the years so it's important to take regular challenges just to check your dependence. If you find it really easy then that's great and you've got a really healthy relationship with alcohol but if you find it difficult or you can't even contemplate the thought of going for a month without alcohol then you really need to make some changes. So last but not least, I spoke to Pam and I asked Pam why she signed up for Sober Spring.
4: I I became increasingly worried about the amount that I was drinking. It was as if it was slowly but surely increasing. I was finding that I was more concerned about it in the mornings because I felt I couldn't remember what I'd said or done the evening before and I just felt that... I was it was increasing and it was not good for me or my health.
2: Had you ever tried to take a break before, Pam, or was this the first time? This
4: was the first time. Okay, and was it difficult? It was, and I think it was all the way. My, for me, uh, drinking was a social thing, and I couldn't imagine telling people that I wasn't going to drink because for me, the way I was becoming um, when I was drinking, you know, not remembering and having the odd blackout, um, the shame. So I felt, well, uh, there's nothing wrong with me and yet I have a problem and I didn't want to admit it. So it was increasingly difficult for me to actually give it up.
2: Did it get easier as the 66 days went
4: on? Yes, I think the turning point for me was I did the session with Lynette and I did the workshop and suddenly it was like, uh, it's not a shame, it's not an embarrassment, there is life after alcohol and it's going to be a better life. So I think the challenge, the support made the difference for me.
2: Great. Well, that, that's good to hear. So are you okay socially now? What what do you say to people? Do you tell them you don't drink or do you yes. just um, – you do? Yeah. Yes,
4: and I've told my very close friends. I've said to them that um, I feel for myself I've got a problem and I am not saying I'm never going to drink again, but for now I am, I'm not drinking. And it's yeah. been well received. And then- good for you. Other people are just saying, "No, I'm not drinking. I don't drink."
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't have to tell our life story to everybody
4: we meet. I always think <laughs> exactly that. And then I think about my friend who stopped smoking. Nobody is saying to her, "Have another cigarette."
2: <laughs> no, no, it's mad. Or I always say, "It's like a vegetarian, isn't it?" We don't say, "Oh, go on, have a steak, just yes.
4: one, <laughs> no, just one, just for today." <laughs>
2: So Pam, what, what helped you to stay on track? You, you've said the support, um, was, was one thing. Any other tips, you know, did you, uh, take up a different exercise routine or did you move your routine about?
4: I moved my routine about, and I also started walking. I used to walk and in a, you wake up in the morning and you're hungover and you don't feel like walking. So I've started walking again. And, um, I've got a. I've started trying to do a little bit of dot art as well. So it's all different things, just to to keep the mind positive and also active to take my mind away.
2: Keep yes. experimenting, and you you find more and more things that you enjoy doing.
4: Absolutely, and it's just even just watching a program on TV and the next morning remembering what it yes. was about <laughs> is already a new thing for me.
2: No more watching a movie and thinking have I seen this one?
4: <laughs> exactly. Doesn't look familiar meanwhile you've seen it twice. <laughs> so, how many alcohol-free days did you manage out of the 66? Um I, I, the most I managed was 15. Now I've been going strong for uh, okay, today's 12 days. Um this is it. Um I think I've got my mind sorted out. And last week was a very social week. We had a date night. We had a friend's birthday. We Every day, night there was something. And I never once sat there and thought, oh, I wish I, maybe I should, uh, just maybe one. I was the whole time, I, I really don't want it. It tastes horrible and I'm not in the mood for it and I'm happy the way I am. So for me, that's already a big positive. I, I, I know I've turned the corner. Yeah,
2: yeah, that, that sounds wonderful, Pam. I think when we get to the stage where we're not longing for it, it's, as you say, it's a
4: turning point. Yes, yes. So I I I'm, I'm not going to say I'm not going to maybe slip, but the way I feel now, I think I've done the slipping. I think I'm getting to the... It's it's easy easier, not easy, it's easier. It feels like yeah. climbing a mountain and suddenly there's a flat piece. I think I'm yeah. on that flat piece now.
2: <laughs> well, it's all progress, isn't it? Even if there is a little slip up, you're you're heading to the top of that mountain. That's it's um, a nice analogy to have. And there's such freedom, I think, in, uh, you know, when you said you were socialising and it didn't even cross your mind that you wanted a drink, that's that's real freedom, isn't it? Because yes. uh, I used to find it exhausting sitting there thinking, oh, well, maybe when they get the next round in, I'll, I'll
4: have a glass then. You know, it's, it's yes. so tiring thinking Ab- about it. Yes, though. absolutely. And now what I've been – on Sunday night we went to a friend's birthday, the one who stopped smoking, and what was so nice for me is I could sit there And I I felt like I I actually, I was always worried I wouldn't fit in and I wouldn't still have my sense of humor. And I was like taking note. And yes, I was laughing and yes, I was enjoying myself, but I didn't need the glass of wine to help me. So that was also something um, exciting to actually discover.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's awesome as well. I think to begin with, sometimes we feel a bit awkward. You know, it takes a little uh, practice, doesn't it, to get our yes. personalities back, yes. but they'll always shine through in the end.
4: Absolutely. Brilliant. I was actually thinking on Sunday evening, you know, I used to think that when I drank my personality was fantastic, but maybe it wasn't, and I just thought it was. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think it's probably uh, fun for a while, and then <laughs> no. not so good. Not so good. Exactly. <laughs> so, how do you see the future, Pam? Do you see it as alcohol free or well, the old glass of wine? How do you see it?
4: The way I see it now, um, I would. I, I'm going for the alcohol free. Uh, yeah. I'm not a moderator. Um, that's unfortunately my personality. So I think I need to have accepted that, which I think I have and baby steps. So I'm looking forward to my first Christmas without alcohol and I'm just going to do the baby steps.
2: Yeah. The, I remember my first Christmas as well, but but treat it as a challenge. You know, it, it's yes. maybe not going to be the same as the other Christmases, but just treat it as a challenge and, and. Plan something really awesome for yourself when you get through that challenge, you know, maybe having a couple of days away a spa or something. Do something special because, you know, it, it will be quite tough. But once you've got that first Christmas, the first birthday, the first
4: wedding, you know, the, then, it's really significant. Then it starts, and that's what I'm looking forward to, and that's what I'm aiming at.
2: Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I think you're very wise to – um to just let let go of it and don't even dream about moderating anymore and then
4: you no. know you'll feel free yes that's exactly it because the moderating then you sit and you think oh i want another glass but no i said i'm only gonna have one and you miss yeah. out on the whole evening because it's you and your head all the time <laughs> <laughs> so last question for you pam
2: uh what would you say to some someone that's listening to this they know they're drinking too much and they think they should take a break, but they're not quite sure. What would you say to encourage them?
4: I would I would say that it's, it's not easy, but it's really a worthwhile challenge. We take all kinds of challenges. We're quick to do a marathon or whatever, but this is a life-changing challenge. And it's difficult, but there's somebody, we as the tribe, there's so much support that you're not alone and also there's nobody judging you because that's also the one thing. You're so scared to be judged. I was so terrified of being judged and yeah, it's safe.
2: So thank you ladies for signing up for our challenge and for sharing these valuable insights and tips. Let's just pull out a few of the top tips that emerge from these conversations. Tip number one, get planning. It's important to play the movie forward and think, okay, what's going to happen when I go on this trip or I go to this party? What is going to happen? What am I going to say? What am I going to drink? We heard a really useful tip from Claire, who was very good at planning. She went off to an exclusive game farm where obviously there were endless alcoholic drinks on offer. And she lugged along her own alcohol-free bottles, and they were rather bemused when she got there, explaining that they did have free drinks, but of course she had to explain they were alcohol-free, so she had them there, she had something to drink. Really important to plan whether it's a trip like Claire, or whether it's just a party. What are you going to say? What are you going to drink? Ring up the restaurant in advance if you're going out to eat. Make sure they've got something, and then you're ready. You know what you're going to order. You won't be taken short. So planning is a great one. Tip number two is journaling. Buy a notebook for the challenge. Treat it as an experiment. Be a scientist in your own life. And every day, write up what happened, was it easy, was it difficult, were you triggered, what triggered you, how did you feel, is it getting easier? Just log your progress. Even if you fall off the bus as we put it, write it down, why did it happen and did you get right back on the next day? So start the challenge, buy a journal, And every day use that journal to log your progress, to process your emotions, to note down your triggers. It's a really valuable record that you can look back on when you sign up for your next challenge. Another great tip is to treat the whole thing as a kind of research project. Use it as an opportunity to learn. You'll have time on your hands when you're not doing the drinking. Recovering from the drinking and planning the next drinking, you'll be amazed how much time you'll have. So read the Quitlet, listen to the podcast, find out more about neuroplasticity. This is such an interesting field. Just immerse yourself in it. That knowledge will stay with you and keep you motivated. Another tip, of course, is to use the online community. When you sign up for the challenge, you'll be put into a WhatsApp group with the other challenges. So people will be chatting away every day about how it's going. And if you remember Claire, she said that she made a commitment to post every day, to post twice, I think she said. And she found it so valuable to post, to look at the responses to her post, to comment on other people's posts. You'll find there's people on there, they're complete strangers, probably from the other side of the world, but they will get you. They will understand exactly where you are and what you're struggling with. Another tip is to just go for it. Don't be afraid. And use the challenge to take action rather than just a vague feeling that, oh, this year I really must do something about my drinking. Do something tangible. Sign up for the challenge and get started. Don't be afraid, it's an experiment. And also the challenge will give you a great reason. Because alcohol is the only drug we have to justify not taking, you might be besieged with questions. It's crazy that we need a reason to not drink alcohol, but that's the way society is. So you've got a fabulous reason while you're doing this challenge. You're doing a dry January challenge and you're raising money for charity. Another important tip which emerged was doing things in steps. Now, 30 days, you know, it's really not that long, is it? So try and clock up 30 days alcohol free. And what you'll find is that you'll meet other people in that community, in that group, that will think, okay, we've done 30 days, I'd like to go on and do a little bit longer. So that's relatively easy to contemplate the next step. And I would say the next step should be 66 days because we know that you can uh, create a new neural pathway in 66 days. And we also know that the benefits will start to come in. And the better you feel, the more you will feel like continuing. You'll start thinking, well, I've done all this work. Why would I want to go back to day one? Just let me keep going a little longer. And then 100 days is the next step. And then maybe six months. And very few people that have achieved six months of sobriety will want to go back to square one. By then, the benefits of sobriety are just too powerful. Another tip we got was to change your routine. You know, get some new hobbies, reconfigure your day. Because if you keep everything absolutely the same as it usually is, keep to the same routine, then you'll feel that something is missing. So just shake it all up a bit. You know, start with a trip to the gym when you want your sundown and go out for a long walk instead just change things up a bit and the last tip is of course to have alcohol free drinks available if you're here in South Africa you can contact Drink Nil Drink Nil Coza. they'll deliver alcohol free choices to your door and of course they'll also give you a discount if you're doing our January challenge so thank you to Claire Helena and Pam for sharing your experience with us. And if these lovely ladies have inspired you to join our January Challenge, then just go to tribesober.com and hit January Challenge. It's all about making a small donation to a good cause. When we say small, we're talking about 250 Rand, 12 pounds or $16, which will sponsor a disadvantaged child for a whole year of yoga and life skills tuition. And in exchange for your donation, we'll connect you with other people on the challenge and we'll send you daily tips, tools and motivation to keep you inspired. And if it's not January, wherever you are listening to this, then just go to tribesober.com, join up as a member and we'll put you straight away on our 30-day starter challenge instead. So that's it from me. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with some more feedback from people who've done Sober Spring 2021.
1: Ditching the drink is like climbing a mountain. It's hard. It takes courage and grit and an experienced guide. And that's where we come in. Here at Tribe Sober, we've climbed that mountain and we know the view from the top is amazing. We've used our experience to put together a unique membership program that will support you all the way. We've got challenges, chat rooms, sober buddies, trackers, and milestone awards, and that's just for starters. So head on over to tribesober.com and check out our membership program. It's the essential resource for anyone looking to ditch the drink and change their life.